0: On Raising Rare, we are bringing you the story of a young father whose son has an ultra-rare disorder known as Sedgathian Type spondial Metaphysial Dysplasia, or SSMD. My name is Kevin Fryert. Each episode, we will find out what is going on in the life of Sanath and his son, Raghav. We will talk about Raghav's growth and development, ongoing and upcoming research, and the challenges and adventures that raising a child with a nearly unknown condition brings. Come join us to hear the story unfold. Welcome back to the Raising Rare Podcast. This is our first episode in Season 3. Can you believe it? We are excited to be back in the studio hearing about and exploring the world of raising an ultra-rare child while looking for effective treatments and a cure. But we have a lot to catch up on. Sanath, how have you been?
1: Life has been awesome. A roller coaster, obviously, but it has been awesome. A lot of things changed very quickly in the last few weeks while we were we were off, so I'm excited to catch up on all of those. But, you know, all in all, life's great. That's
0: wonderful to hear. So, so what has changed? What's happened since we last talked back in
1: October? A lot of things. October sounds like two years ago, but (laughs) it was not. The most exciting thing that happened was we started a new medication for Raghav. This medication came out of the research we did, which is called a high-throughput drug screen. So if you remember, about a year ago, we raised some funds to specifically start a drug repurposing screen looking for molecules that would be effective in Raghav's condition uh, by combing through about 4,000 to 6,000 FDA-approved compounds against Raghav's disease. We got about 100 hits out of it. We narrowed it down to a handful of drugs that are available in the pharmacy today that we could get started. And among them, we got started with this drug called Xyluton. The drug has currently been approved for asthma. It's been used for a long time. It's available for kids 12 or older, but obviously Raga is just three and a half. So we had to do some more math to figure out the right dosing, but our physician was super grateful to allow us to start this drug off label. And so we got that started about a month ago. We got, We've gotten to the we, we were increasing the dosage over time and we've gotten to what we think would be the equivalent of uh, a max dosage. He's been on this dosage for about three three weeks, no side effects so far. So super excited that we are on this drive finally. And we can't wait to see how things go from here on. Well,
0: that's amazing. We spent a lot of time last year talking about that process, the high throughput screening, the whole study you put together. and How do you make those decisions? And to have found one to try and found a way to do it is a big step in all of this. And I'm glad to hear he's not seeing any adverse events. He's cruising along with that. And hopefully he'll start seeing some positive things soon. And what's going on on the home front?
1: We moved homes. So we bought a new home at San Jose, California. It's nice and sunny. finally gives us all the things we want, mainly for Raghav. It's a single-story, fully accessible we made sure it has all the right features for him as he grows up. So this is this is like the perfect nest, perfect nest for him. And we also started Raghav in a new preschool. He started the first day of school yesterday, and that preschool happens to be just six minutes away from home. So you know we, we didn't plan for it, but it happened to be the perfect place uh, for us to move in.
0: We're going to have to do a whole episode in the coming year just on what it's like with preschool in the mix and and how that changes things and what you learn as he's he's learning at preschool. But can you tell us a little about it? What's the preschool like and what kind of services are you getting right away?
1: You know, a typical preschool would be where where a bunch of kids sit around and and read ABCs and one, two, three, and tell rhymes and kind of do all the intellectual stuff that you would expect uh, from a kid that is destined to go to Stanford would do. With all of Raghav's challenges, he is not going to any of the typical schools that you would expect a kid of this age to. He is going to a special needs school that is run by the county, which basically means that, you know, he's... In a classroom with other kids that have special needs that are just like him that will be the right pace for him to interact for us in particular this is a social opportunity for him because since birth Raghav has been all by himself he's not interacted with other kids um there might be you know a few kids that he, he would he would meet every once in a while but he's not had you know constant daily interactions with other the fact that there are other people out there that you can grow your social skills with and as we all know, this guy is just incredibly social. He just picks up on social cues like no one else. He, he, he reads the room, even at a three-and-a-half-year-old age, and he, he responds appropriately. Right When we're all laughing, he'll laugh. When we are sad, he'll be sad. And so I'm excited that he's going to a school now where he can... Play with other kids, right? Be with other kids, see what they do, and start kind of changing and, and growing more, more um, mature. So I'm excited for that. And besides, you know, um, in terms of activities, they'd usually do circle time, songs, play, go to the garden. He he'll have his little plant that he will be growing um, in the garden, and a whole bunch of other things. Um, his first project, exactly. First I don't know project. how much he understands, but you know that that's pretty much what they do. And it's it's amazing because Raghav has a teacher and a, a one-on-one aide with him all the time. That's available right next to him to take care of him. So you know, we went to the school yesterday. There were a lot of people, like a lot of adults, in a classroom of five five children, um, about ten adults or so. And so there there is a lot of people that, that'll take care of him. Um, even if he has a seizure and so on. So it feels like the right environment for him.
0: And I was going to say, you were talking about his interaction with kids, but actually interaction with other adults too. That will be new for him and he'll, he'll start to see other people caring for him too, which is it's just amazing. I mean, that's really surprising and wonderful news. I didn't expect to be talking about him going to preschool today. So that is so cool. I thought we could do kind of a, year in review of, of what we did last year it's really pretty amazing the ground that we covered that actually was your life you know things that were unfolding in your life and we talked to lots of people other other rare patients and parents and we talked about the science that you were doing we talked about Ragav and, and some of the medical procedures and medical issues I mean we, we did a lot. And in fact, I went back and and I looked at well what were the first things we talked about and one of the first things about Raghav was his cochlear implant. That's a year ago. Can you imagine that?
1: I cannot I cannot believe it was a year ago. It, it just it just feels like yesterday. But you know, when when we got the cochlear implant surgery, we were very skeptical, we were very worried because we were surgically disconnecting his ear from his brain to, to, to put this implant on. And we were not sure if we were doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Looking back, this has been the best thing that ever happened to Raghav because with this little device, he has gained a whole new dimension, a whole new sense of of perceiving the environment, he can hear things. He can understand words in multiple languages now, both in both in English and Tamil, which is which is the language we speak at home. His he his hearing is now a lot stronger than his vision, which used to be one of his strongest senses at looking at the environment and understanding what's going on. We are um, I, I, we believe he understands different songs and can differentiate between different songs too um his um, vocalization has gotten a lot richer in both his ability to modulate frequencies and amplitudes and make different types of sounds for different things he's just you know growing all around Um, and one of the big upsides of having the cochlear implant and this maturity in hearing is that we are starting to to use an accessibility device for him the speech uh, generating device uh, that he will use to communicate with with us And, and Funny enough, like he's just hearing to what the device is saying and then selecting the right option when he finds the right um, activity that shows up on the screen. And he's not looking at it anymore. And so, you know, before the cochlear implant, we thought we had to go through eye gazing as a mechanism for him to communicate uh, using a computer because we thought eyes were his strongest sense and now it's totally changed and now his hearing is the strongest sense. So all in all, I just cannot be thankful enough for the cochlear implant because it has opened a whole new dimension in Raghav's life.
0: Yeah, I remember when we talked about it, you were, I would say, a little disappointed because there wasn't like a you didn't expect to have this big moment, like you see on television all the time, or on on YouTube. But what you saw was well, yeah, he's he's noticing us more, it was kind of mm, a, a muted response to kind of use the wrong word. But now, after his brain has adapted, and it just once again, it just blows your mind, what our brains can do. He's, he's learning how to use it and, and how to do things and vocalize. He may not have perfect diction for quite some time, if ever, but he's going to make different noises. And you guys already know how to communicate with him, how to understand what he wants. Now he's going to be, have another dimension to that. That's just incredible.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, speaking of the brain, he is hearing words without a cochlear implant. His other ear he's still hearing and he's listening to words and he's understanding words and he's responding to them appropriately. And so the cochlear implant essentially gave a, an access for his brain to to learn the environment, right? And and somehow make sense of it, even with or without the implant. This is just incredible. I mean, it, you know, one of the things that I've, I've always thought about again and again is we are so focused on drugs as a way of solving um, this problem, right? It's not solving the problem, getting a better quality of life. But if I were to look at this implant, this implant has given Raghav a quality of life that no drug has ever given and will probably never give, right? And it has opened a dimension that was never possible to open in his brain. I'm, I just, you know, th- these are, these are, these look like small wins, but they're m- massive, in my opinion, because that changed what he can do, what he cannot do as a person.
0: Yeah, it changes the traje- trajectory of what you'll expect, right? It, you know, it could have been kind of flat, like, oh, you know, he might hear some things and it that might help, but now it's, wait, wait, it's changing his understanding of things. It's changing his ability to understand what's coming in the other ear, which is is fascinating. It just, in a typical child, it's always fascinated me that they're able to pick up language because it's just so much noise. How do they actually make sense of it? And their brains are just ready for it. One of the other things we talked about that happened to Regalve here was his first seizure. And I just wondered, has that been his only one? Have you seen other signs? Um, It was a scary time.
1: Yeah, his first seizure happened in August, end of August. And and after that, we started a seizure medication and we hadn't noticed a seizure since until end of December. We were uh, at a safe shopping for some groceries and we suddenly noticed Raga was staring at something. And we were just joking that this guy likes to stare. But turned out he was having a seizure because his mouth was moving in a pattern that was not typical for him. And it was also, you know, not stopping. Like he would usually move his mouth in various patterns, but he would stop the pattern very quickly. But he couldn't stop that movement despite us calling him, touching him, moving him. And so that's how we picked up that it was a seizure. Um, Very mild. He was totally out of it in like a few minutes he didn't even care after that like he was totally fine but then this was a seizure that happened i am not positive yet but i think the conjecture the working conject- hypothesis is that medication or change in medication is is causing a seizure because that morning is when we went to the 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 max dosage of xyluton and this was just a couple of hours after we had gone to the max dosage which is when the peak of that medication would hit Um, and looking back we think um, the first seizure happened probably a month month and a half after we stopped retrotope and that is almost like the that is typically the half-life of retrotope in the body it's about a 30 30 day half-life so um, it's probable that medication changes are what Trigger seizures in him, uh, but I, we are not. We don't have enough data points to call that a certainty. Um, if that is the case, then it's kind of good because it's an external factor. It's it, yes, I think this disease is progressing, but it is still controllable. And that it's not intrinsically seizing all the time.
0: You know what to look for, right? You know. Oh, we're going to change medication. We need to be on the watch for, you know, a frank seizure or. You know, a, like a petite mal seizure where, where he's just staring and, and and as you said, changing the and repeating a pattern with his mouth movements, things like that. So you know what to look for. I know when I was working in drug development, when we would do safety studies, the worst possible result you could get is we haven't seen anything, you know, when we're using animal models. If you haven't seen anything, then when you go in the clinic, you have no idea what to look for when you know what to look for you can be prepared you can you can mitigate it you can you know ensure that you've you've got everything you need around there um if if something goes wrong and you know slow down stop whatever you need to do to come back to normal so that's that's actually you know you learn through everything here don't you everything (laughs) everything teaches you just one more little tidbit in the manual of of ragav we mentioned before you had a you bought a new house, so in life, you know, COVID was going on through all of this, which just twists everything, but but you actually moved your home twice last year.
1: Yeah, we did. We we packed up everything from Seattle and moved to, to the Bay Area, California. I think it's one of the best decisions we ever made in our life for a variety of reasons. Obviously, one for sunlight, that's pretty much what we came here for, but the big surprise... Is the is the support that the Californian government provides to special needs kids is incredible. They have something called Medi-Cal, which is a secondary insurance that covers things that our primary insurance wouldn't cover. They have something called regional centers, which again, these are the different states have different versions of of these supports because you know all of them get a big chunk of money from the federal government to go support, and this is not just you know kids, but this is also for elderly. They there is the regional center, which is now supporting us with therapies and uh, they can even support us with an accessibility van. And then there's this whole school system um, that, that is just incredible, uh, special needs schools. I, I think it's one of the best things we, we, could have, we could have ever asked for. In fact, there is even a, uh, another program that we're trying to get into that'll pay for uh, a nanny, having an in-home nanny, and, and the pay is, is like $7,000 per month. And so it's it's it, this is this is the quality of life that that we've gotten by being here. You know, as much as we could complain about paying state taxes, I think they're doing a pretty good job at it.
0: Yeah, and you can see, you're a prime example of the the benefit that comes from that. Um, I mean, that's just fantastic that you you landed in a spot where unexpectedly you got those types of services. The idea that they they pay for a subsidized a nanny someone who who's paid enough to really come in and, and do this hard work it, it's not easy to take care of a a kid like Raghav, right it's different um, and so I think that's that's really cool and then the other thing we did last year we took on a lot of guests we we talked to Effie parks award-winning Effie parks um, you know, one of, one of the great podcasters and, and talents on Once Upon a Gene. Um, we talked to Miguel Sanchez and his wife, Felicia. Um, and we talked to Nicole Horvath, a cystic fibrosis patient. Um, Terry and Billy Ellsworth. Billy has Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And then we talked to some famous dads, Bo Bigelow and Dan, Daniel DeFabio, um, I really enjoyed talking to the guests and getting some other perspectives. Was there one that stood out for you?
1: Yeah, there were a couple. And, and all of these conversations have have had a significant personal impact to me, honestly. For example, I still to date remember Daniel talking about five stages of grief and, and how you grieve a loss of a future that you'd imagined. And we use that term daily at my home. Uh, because this is this is how we cope up with with life, right? Um, and and the impact that has had on my mental health is just undescribable. Um, Miguel talked about sleep quite a bit, and it was after that conversation that I decided to sleep better. And I have been sleeping a lot better since then, or at least been focusing on sleeping a lot better, let me say it that way. And so each of these conversations have had a profound impact In fact, impact on me personally and also on, on our family. So you know, I think I cannot thank these guests enough for being on the podcast. For them, this might just look like hey, I'm on another podcast that's going to go up on the internet again, where there are billions of podcasts, but these conversations mean a lot.
0: That's really good to hear. And I hope that, the people listening understand that too, that they're gaining from that as well. And I'm sure they have stories where, yes, something somebody said actually changed their life, gave them a new perspective or a new idea, or or give them just that little push to to do something like take care of your sleep, which is a decision you can make, um, choose to make it, right? Or, no, oh, no, I'll be fine, I don't need to sleep until you until you try it and someone pushes you there. That's great take from these. these these discussions, all of these discussions is just the remarkable adaptability and and positive outlook all these people have. They they've been dealt a hand of cards that they didn't expect and they're playing them as best they can. And they're they're doing a wonderful job of it and in fact sharing and growing, you know, beyond um, what they even envisioned in their own future, because of of what's going on in their life, it just it's just fantastic to listen to. And every single one of them had a story like that, where they they went from, "Oh, I was just this, I just worked in this office, I just you know made some movies, I just did this, I was a lawyer," to, "Wow, now you're running a film festival." In a channel. Now you're, you know, a leading advocate. Now you're winning awards. Now you're, it just is amazing what people have done as we look forward to 2022. Let me ask from, from your perspective, not the podcast yet. We'll talk about that in a minute, but what do you guys, how do you, how do you approach a new year? Do you set goals for the family for, for Raghav or even expectations, anything like that?
1: Oh no, um, we know any of those would, would be destroyed in a minute, uh, in a day or in a week. We don't have goals for this year. For us, it's it, taking life one day at a time. There's little that we can predict and hope that it goes according to our predictions for the future. And that's just how what life has taught us so far is, you know, we could we could predict a n- number of things um, or hope to do a number of things, but we might maybe achieve one or two. And so there are a few things that we do want to try and push to make it happen, right? One of them was having Raghav go to school Another is having us be more independent with uh, taking care of him with the help of a nanny and, and having having our parents stand by us, but not not relying on them 100%, given that they are they are getting old and they have their own life. Uh, and, and I think we are at a point where we can take care of Raghav on our own. And then obviously with respect to quality of life, we are looking for ways to improve his quality of life beyond drugs. We will continue to invest time and money into treatments as we've started, but I think we have come to appreciate especially through the cochlear implant journey and others, that improvements in quality of life is not just about swallowing a pill. Uh While that could help, there are other strategies that we could do to improve his quality of life, including, you know, getting him to a school, getting him a good set of friends, um, giving him a communication device, finding activities that he can do on his own, and so on. And so hopefully we'll, we'll find something that does improve his quality of life beyond what we have today through the year. Uh, But if it doesn't, our focus is on making him happy and keeping him healthy. And then all of us having a good mental health balance. That's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, it's learning to live in the present. Live what's happening right now. Um, I think that that's that's important. And balance, too. Because I think that you guys have seen what happens when you get out of balance. It it can be very uh, disheartening and, and... and damaging um, when you get get out of balance. So absolutely understood that it it's living in the present here. For the podcast, though, we we do want to get some things done. I'm looking forward to continuing our our guests and having new people, new perspectives kind of broaden our reach
1: a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to more people i think that's that's the, the the crux of the conversation that's that's where we learn the most that's where we give back the most um so having having guests that have different life experiences in the rare space in the biotech space you know in spaces that are adjacent to all of these and bringing in their perspectives and and you know talking about life holistically from for 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 kids that have rare diseases like these that's that's pretty much what i'm super excited about
0: And I have to say, I'm excited about the surprises you've thrown at me today that we'll be able to talk about. So what happens with Zayul Tan and preschool. I I think that the the things that you're seeing already in preschool, if you take the cochlear implant experience and say, oh, well, it was kind of this slow start. Imagine what preschool is going to be a year from now. What what wonderful things will, will come from that, that you just can't expect. You can't you just, you have to let them unfold and watch and enjoy them watching of grow into that. So I'm looking forward to those discussions as well.
1: Me too. Really excited for 2022. I'm also hoping COVID would not be a thing. We'll see.
0: I agree. We need to get beyond COVID and get back to, to living life. And hey, maybe we will actually meet someday. Raising Rare is produced by Salem Oaks. Empowering patients and caregivers to shape the future of medicine. CureGPX4.org is dedicated to finding a treatment and cure for SSMD. You can donate to CureGPX4 on the Raising Rare podcast page or at CureGPX4.org. You can continue to follow Raga's story next time on Raising Rare.